Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Blast Nation. Ball Blast Nation. Yep. Ball Blast Nation. Everybody. Be cool. Yeah. Be cool, everybody. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you can find me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And you can find me at BallBlastEm. BallBlastEm. We appreciate your your, uh, loyalty during our little hiatus there. Hit the rookie wall. Yes, we did. (laughs) The season was long. It was very long. Actually, it was so fast, but so long. I don't know how to describe it, but we definitely hit that rookie wall, this being the first year, making a couple podcasts a week, plus an extra episode for the Patreon subscribers throughout the season. So we did need that couple week break after the season, but we are ready to get back into it. And we're here. Uh, We actually released our uh, Patreon episode this past weekend on second year running back. So guys that are coming into the 2020 season, sophomores fresh off that rookie wall, and we give our consensus rankings for our top 10 running backs. And that's what we're going to do today for wide receivers. Yep. Wide receiver time. But if you want to go listen to that running back podcast, um, come hit us up on Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash ball blast. Should we get into the news? Let's do it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Now we've got plenty of playoff news to get to, including the winners of Saturday's divisional round games, but there is some big news in the fact that the Browns finally have their 17th, 100th head coach. Yeah, I mean, they gave Kitchens one second, which, okay, fine. Everything we've heard after he got fired is that it was a legit mess. Like, he was a disaster. It was a mess of a situation. So you can't let that go on for too long. Uh, they hired Kevin Stefanski, the Vikings offensive coordinator. <laughs> Super interesting. He's now the head coach of the Browns. I don't really know what they saw yesterday from him. Or really, I don't know, when I've watched the Vikings offense this year, it's not like I'm like, wow. You're not blown They're away. They're so creative. They're Kirk so Cousins great. has played fine, some decent football. But he- they have so much talent on that offense, and I feel like they should be way better than they are. It's just Delvin Cook, Delvin Cook, Delvin Cook. And luckily, you know, they have Nick Chubb. So I, I don't think this is great news for Baker's development. I don't think this is great news for people who were hoping OBJ would all of a sudden get better in the second year there. No, there was actually a rumor that I saw circulating on Twitter that um, Stefanski was actually the, the runner-up in consideration last season before they eventually hired Freddie Kitchens. Uh, so Stefanski's Stefanski's sort of been like on their mind for the last two years, but uh, you know they were interviewing Josh McDaniels, and it there's some rumor circulating that they didn't actually go with McDaniels because he wanted to emphasize the pass, and that was sort of his philosophy. Whereas Stefanski, he wants to emphasize the run, which is yeah. kind of crazy because that's what they did this year, though. I don't. That's what they did this year. Nick Chubb. 
got the ball over and over and over. And I get not wanting to go away from the run because it's important. But then at the same time, you need to get that pass game going. And I think McDaniels would have been the correct choice here to get the offense rolling. Uh, I don't know. I don't love this hire. We'll see how it ends up. Great news for Nick Chubb owners. And plus, Stefanski loves, loves, loves. It's I'm pretty sure it's the only play in his playbook is the um, the drop-off, right? Yeah. So to the running back. That was literally the entire yeah, screen plan Yeah, just screenplay after screenplay after screenplay. If you're not running the ball up the middle, then we're going to do a screenplay. Oh, and then we're going to do it again because we have terrible wide receivers, right? Like we don't have – only if only we had a player like Adam Dillon or Stephon Diggs on our team, we could actually pass the ball down the field. That would be crazy. Yeah, so I, I don't think this is great news for OBJ. I think it's fine for Landry. I think he'll be used in the same way. Out of curiosity, so say somebody in one of your dynasty leagues is looking to shop OBJ right now. What do you what are you willing to give up? You in want terms- him everywhere. You've been buying him anywhere, everywhere. I'm not touching him. I don't I'm care. not I'm not psyched about Stefanski in terms of OBJ. That that takes OBJ down a peg for me, but I have bought him everywhere because he's been super cheap. People are just like, get this guy off my roster, and now I kind of yeah. That's kind of how I would be. Like I'm I, holding my breath now that Stefanski's the head coach. But one more bad year by OBJ, and you're not going to be able to sell him anymore for, like, anything. No. So, so that's what is- scares me. I If I had him, I would probably hold him because I don't want to give up a good asset like that for cheap. But at the same time, I don't want to go buy him either. No. Um, and I, But, like, say somebody's shopping him in your league and you have 2020 picks, would you give up a second? For OBJ, yeah. Would you give up a first? No. No. Wow. And that's how crazy the NFL is. That's how crazy fantasy football is that things turn around that quickly. And if you're listening to us talk right now, we're talking dynasty. So when we say first or second round, we're talking about rookie picks. So it's only a rookie draft and you're selecting rookies in the first round, rookies in the second round. So yeah, it is kind of crazy saying that you wouldn't trade a late first rounder for OBJ. It's just... I don't like this hire. We haven't seen OBJ OBJ be really anything in fantasy for many years now. We gotta we gotta hope Kevin steps up here and becomes a good head coach. And maybe he could. Sometimes the worst of hires end up being the best of hires. Or the hires that look like the worst. Yeah. I mean everyone was excited last year, then when they hired kitchens and look how that ended up. So maybe awkward. I still think the the hire should have been Greg Roman. Yeah. I think no one, I guess, is considering him anymore. He kind of seems out of anyone's mind. Is any other team still looking for a head coach? I think it's just no. the Browns. So the Browns. That's it. And that kind of stinks for the division because I wanted Greg Roman off the Ravens. He clearly is a huge asset to them. You would think the Browns would have even had extra motive there to kind of steal him away from a divisional player, but I don't know. Maybe he didn't interview very well or I don't know what happened there, but Greg Roman seems to be... A great offensive coordinator. On the other hand, yeah, uh, Kevin Stefanski kind of was just okay. <laughs> just okay. How about yesterday's playoff game? Yeah, so, so yesterday's playoff game, I guess Greg Roman wasn't the best offensive coordinator in the speaking world. Speaking of. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's playoff game made Baltimore look very average. Tennessee Titans came in and they played. Well, I, it was Derrick very... Derrick Henry, baby! Derrick Henry. Oh my gosh. He is a psychopath. He is crazy. Yeah. He is an angry, angry little man. He's an angry little elf. He's <laughs> he's he's not very little. But I, I think the key takeaway, so 
I was so excited because I bet the Gus Edwards over 35 rushing yards. He and Mark Ingram combined for nine rushing attempts. That's crazy. Nine rush. You are the Baltimore Ravens. That is what got you to the divisional round. That is what got you a first round bye is the fact that you are the most aggressive run team in the NFL and you have a rushing quarterback. They went away from the run way too early. Yeah. That was that was a problem. They went away from their game plan. I mean, they've been winning all year by running, 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 running. And to they be still fair, Lamar Jackson Lamar. Yeah. had 143 rushing yards and 20 attempts. But the fa- like this was just a game that just wasn't built on efficiency for the Ravens. And if this is an opportunity to buy Lamar Jackson low. Yeah, because he still scored 28 fantasy points. Like, that was a bad game for the Ravens. 365 passing yards, 143 rushing yards. Good Lord. Because if they start to lose games, A, if they're winning games, it's because Lamar Jackson had a great game. If they're losing games, Lamar Jackson always gets those garbage time stats. Yeah. Like, once guys are wide open, yeah, he's going to hit them. He had like 200 passing yards late in the game, I swear. It was just like chunk play after chunk play. And that you're always going to have those games from him. He's uh, just a cheat code in fantasy. Yes, yes. those rushing yards, they're too good to yeah. not gobble Any up. passing yards are just a cherry on the top for him because you're going to get you have running back points, and then you get those extra quarterback points. So, yeah, you're not trading Lamar Jackson just because of this game. I think the Ravens' offense will be just fine next year to be the same way as they were um, this year. So, yeah, I, I think you can feel good about them. Everyone's coming back that was here this year. And what's even more is, like, besides the returning cast, maybe they'll get Lamar Jackson a better wide receiver, too, than Willie Sneed. Hollywood Brown is going to be one of my favorite sleepers next year. He's not going to be too much of a sleeper. Like, he's still a second... He's not snoozing. Yeah, he's still a second-year guy that people are going to be excited about, but I don't think he goes in the top five rounds of redraft, right? Like, I think he'll fall later than that, and he could end up being, you know, the Tyreek Hill or the Deshaun Jackson of the NFL. And I think he has the highest ceiling... Out of a lot of these guys, besides maybe DK Metcalf, but I think uh, Hollywood, right after him, probably has the highest ceiling. Yeah, and if they get him some help in the wide receiver core, that should only help Marquise Brown and his development. Mm -hmm. Should we get into this? Let's start talking about some wide receivers. Yeah, second-year wide receivers. Second-year wide receivers. Not just any wide receivers. Not just any wide receivers. These wide receivers, we can still have all of our hopes and dreams fall within these guys that, you know, they could still be amazing. No matter what they did this year, if they're on our (laughs) dynasty team, we still think they're going to be amazing, even though they they showed us nothing. Oh, my God. Hope is the best part of fantasy football. Twitter is so, so antsy for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. You said his last name perfectly. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I cannot say it. Yeah. Ortega. 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 Anyway, let's get into this. Okay. I love him and love him. I don't care who knows it. All right, Michelle, I'm going to throw you for a little loop. I don't want to just do our, our top 10 consensus dynasty wide receivers. I want to do a countdown. Okay. I want to start at the tippity top, number 10. All right, number 10. You want me to go? Go. Because this is my guy. Go. Right. Number 10 ranked. Wide receiver coming into his second season. This one might be a little bit of a shocker that he's in the top 10, but I'm putting him here. We're coming in hot. It's Steven Sims with the Washington Redskins. 
he looks really good. When you watch him play, his route running looks awesome. He gets opened, and Dwayne Haskins likes him. Like, that's all you need to know. Now, he is an uh, undrafted uh, free agent Uh-oh. from this year. So that draft pedigree is not there. And he's going to have to fight for his spot every single season. Except this season, I don't think it's really going to be an issue, right? Like, Trey Quinn, I don't think makes the team next year. He was supposed to be the slot receiver this year. He was for the first five weeks. Uh, He was John Gruden's, not John, Jay. Jay Jay. Gruden's man. But Trey Quinn did nothing throughout those five weeks. Uh, Jay got fired. And guess who started seeing less and less playing time was Trey until he got hurt. Trey. And he did nothing again, even in the limited playing time he did get. So I cannot imagine he actually keeps his job next year, especially over Steven Sims. And there's not a lot of other competition unless they drop like eight wide receivers. <laughs> so I think he makes the next year, and I, I think there's a good case he, he could be a starter. In weeks 14 through 17, that's uh, after Trey Quinn got hurt and he got all of that playing time in there. Uh, Sims had over, he played over 70% of offensive snaps. In those four games, he saw seven targets, 11 targets, 10 targets, eight targets. Now yeah, the yardage wasn't insane it really wasn't like he should have got a lot more yards off of those targets in week 17 he did get you know 81 yards that's pretty good he added four touchdowns though during that span which is fantastic clearly haskins liked to target him in the end zone over the last four weeks uh sims had the third most targets out of the slot and like when you look at the other people in the like the top five in this category it was not you know, any chumps, Jamison Crowder, Julian Edelman, Golden Tate, and Michael Thomas. Like, he was a part of that group, which is really good. He had the seventh most total targets, not just from the slot, total targets in the league in the last four weeks. Like, the last four weeks is still 25% of the season. It's not nothing. Yeah, I feel like we sort of forget that because it gets lost in the fact that, like, ah, the season's winding down. Yeah, it's still 25% of it. He was only behind these six guys in targets. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, and Keenan Allen. And then it was Steven Sims. I know I like that. I didn't look at your your show notes for Steven Sims, and I'm actually I'm a little bit intrigued. But I do have like one question that I do think is one of the more relevant uh, parts of the Steven Sims analysis. Mm-hmm. Can he do the scarn just like Trey Quinn? I know, right? We were all rooting for Tway 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 Quinn. <laughs> Trey Quinn because of the scarn. Just because of the scarn. Just because of the scarn dance in the end zone when he scored. But like, A, he never scores, so we never get to see it. And, yeah, that's uh, so fair. <laughs> and B, I would just, you know, I'm sure Steven Sims will give us something fun to watch. He did jump into the crowd and was all excited, and you like to see that. So I, I just, this is going to be my sleeper next year. You're mm-hmm. not going to be picking him until super late. If he's somehow still in your waivers, I don't think he will be in Dynasty. I went and picked him up, you know, in like week 15, about everywhere. Uh, but this is my dude. Now, there's definitely some issues with him, right? Like his yards per reception, super low at 9.9. That's going to have to go up or he's going to need a million and one receptions. Or, you know, you're going to have to rely on that target share to just be too high if that's where it stays. He's on a young and struggling offense. The entire offense needs to step it up. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins needs to make that second step, too. But I, I think all those things can happen. Haskins got much better all around when Steven Sims became a starter. And that and could just, be totally random 
Or it could be that he actually liked him. Like, he had a guy he trusted, he passed to, and it brought his numbers up. Everything went up once Steven Sims came into the game as a starter. His Haskins completion percentage, his touchdowns, his quarterback rating, and his interceptions went way down. I mean, also the fact that Jay Gruden was not the coach. Yeah, but when Haskins started, Jay Gruden wasn't there anyways. True. And now I'm not saying Steven Sims caused Haskins to be better, but it's just interesting to look at. You said it. It's just interesting to look at. So Steven Sims is my number 10, and there's going to be guys off this list where you're like, how in the world do you have Steven Sims ahead of them? And I do. So swallow that. (laughs) <laughs> All right, next up, uh, this is actually another one of your guys. So No, this he's is... not my guy. Don't say that. We only put him here because we have to. Whoa. He's not my guy. No, there's there's something here. There's absolutely something here. You, you did the write-up on this one, too, though. Convince me. Why should I go and buy Nikhil Harry, the first-round wide receiver prospect on one of the best off... Oh, oh, wait a minute. What's going on here? Nikhil Harry, why should I buy him? Uh, I I jest, I jest. I don't know if I can talk you into buying him. I really don't. And if I could still sell him, I would. But fantasy Twitter wants me to buy him. So Nikhil Harry, did we even mention that's who we're talking about yet? Nikhil Harry is our (laughs) wide receiver nine for our second year wide receiver. And now some of you might think that's pretty low. And I'm thinking it's kind of high, but he has to be in our top 10 because we really didn't get to see him. There was a lot of injuries that plagued his rookie season. That's not really fair. He started coming on in the second half when he, he, he started returned. coming on by his highest, his highest yardage game was 29 yards and he needed seven targets to get 29 yards. Okay. His catch percentage. I mean, Literally, the last four games of the season, counting the playoffs, 50%, 66%, 42%, 28%. Rough. Uh, Yards per run, uh, he was at the bottom at .83. There was 19 uh, wide receivers drafted this year that saw at least, I think, 30 targets. I think that's what I made it, or 20 targets. 19 of them, and he was 18 out of 19 in yards per run. Wow. Right. A.J. Brown was number one. Of course he was. Yeah. So Nikhil Harry was only better than Keyshawn Johnson. He also had the worst catch percentage out of this group at 52.2%. Uh, was second to last in yards per reception. I was just talking about Steven Sims being super low at 9.9. He was at 8.8. Uh, the quarterback rating when targeting him was third worst at 75.5. And, and he had the second highest drop rate. Also interesting, um, so when thinking about Nikhil Harry, and I originally realized that his catch percentage was so low, I was thinking, where are they targeting him? He actually uh, ranked below Julian Edelman in average depth of target. He was uh, he had the fifth shortest average depth of target. Yeah. Fourth shortest, sense. sorry. Fourth shortest average depth of target so on those should be completions. the Patriots. Yes, 9.3 yards. Um, the only people that were seeing shorter targets on average were Mohamed Sanu and Gunnar Olszewski. Was he on New England? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. But that's, that's exactly my point. Like, he wasn't the guy being targeted deep down the field that, like, usually when you see those big play guys, you expect a lower catch percentage because yeah. those are usually your contested catches 
your lower probability catches, those weren't the balls he was saying. The, I think even the bigger issue than him just not performing is rookie season. Like, it happens. It happens. Rookies struggle, and then they come out, and they're much better the also second year. Also coming off of injury. Yeah, exactly. He was injured. Like, there's still a chance he can be a, a, a really good running or really good wide receiver. But I think the bigger issue is the team situation, right? Like, who's going to be the quarterback? Is it Tom Brady? And is it if it is Brady, is that worse? Is it better? I mean, it wasn't yeah. good for him this year. But then also if Freddie leaves, that's not good either, right? Unless they end up getting some great quarterback in there. Andrew Luck. Like maybe if they got Philip Rivers, that could be really good for Nikhil Harry because Philip Rivers loves to, you know, throw those bombs. Nikhil Harry's this big big dude. He could definitely hopefully catch them. I mean Didn't use Mike Williams. I mean Mike Williams had over a thousand yards. Yeah, but But this is why he's in our top didn't translate nine. very well. This is why he's a wide receiver it. nine on our rankings. He yeah. was a first-round pick. We're he's conflicted. going to get his shots. He was injured this year. He's a big dude, super athletic, huge, big catch radius. Like, he has the talent. Let's see if he can put it together. I'm just – I would not necessarily want to buy him, but I wouldn't – I mean, if you can sell him for a good, you know, amount, I would do it, but you probably have to just hold yeah. and just see what happens. All right, on to our wide receiver – Eight, we're counting down, remember. So we did 10 was Steven Sims, nine was Nikhil Harry. And nine, now, nine, nine. <laughs> you talk to us about our number eight wide receiver on our list. Our number eight wide receiver actually didn't even really crack my top 10 before I did the research. He cracked I'm talk- mine. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Uh, I'm talking about McCole Hardman, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if... You all remember earlier in this offseason, we were all obsessed with Nicole Hardman because Tyree Kill, he had all the blah, 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 and then the blah, blah, blah. I'm not even going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But McCole Hardman was marketed to fantasy players as Tyree Kill Light. Tyree Kill Light. And then you see this guy, and, you know, he did have some opportunity early on when. Uh, Tyreek Hill had his uh, collarbone injury, but overall, he like, made some splash plays, couldn't totally rely on him. But the kid is fast. The kid is very agile. He, he can make big plays. He's explosive. So when I'm looking at the opportunity for this kid, it doesn't just have to deal with the fact that he is on the best offense in the NFL. Like I'm just going to call him that because that's what they are. They are the best offense in the NFL. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But let's look at the opportunity. So we see a guy who is behind the likes of Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins. Demarcus Robinson's a free agent this year, okay? Bye. As he should be. As he should be. He's definitely shown some, some flashes, but he's definitely been a guy that can make some mistakes. So he's out of there. You look at Sammy Watkins. Uh, He is actually signed through 2020, but he has a potential out in his contract. So he carries a $21 million cap hit, which is crazy. That's insane. When you are looking at the level of production that he has brought to their offense, I, I I can't justify that. No, 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 no. You cannot pay him $21 million. No, the he dead does cap is $7 million. Yeah, so it's cap. a $7 million dead cap, which is not nothing. That, that's pretty high. But that means you're saving $14 million. I feel like you can bring someone else in 
pay just them. using that $14 million. Yeah, or even less than that. You know what I'm saying? Like $11 million guy. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes doesn't need someone great. He really doesn't. He has Tyreek Hill on the other side. He has Travis Kelsey still. Draft a guy, and you're going to save a lot of money. Put Michael yeah. Hardman out there. He cannot be spending $21 million on Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And if he was actually performing like him, yeah, like the, the, the money that you're paying him, great. But he's not. No. And the Chiefs have to clear some money somewhere because guess what? Their young quarterback needs some money. $21 million is what the Steelers were paying for A.B. this year. And, like, can you imagine if A.B. played and him and Sammy Watkins <laughs> were making the same amount? That's just stupid. No. It is stupid. Nope, nope, nope. But back to back to the man of the hour, McCole Hardman. So opportunity certainly there. He is tied to a franchise quarterback who will get the biggest deal of all time. I don't care. He is tied to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill signed through twenty twenty so or twenty twenty two. So he's got somebody to be behind him. They're both really speedy guys, really elusive. Um, among wide receivers in twenty nineteen, all wide receivers, not just rookies. With 30 or more targets, Hardman ranks number one in passer rating when targeted, number one in yards per reception, not totally sustainable, but super impressive, number one in yards after the catch per reception, number one in fantasy points per target. Nice. Very, like, just, it, it's impressive for a rookie, and it's it's even more impressive when, you know, he, he hasn't seen a ton of opportunity this year. He's done great in the punt return game when you're looking at um like punt returners with all-purpose yards he is ranked in the company of miles sanders tyler lockett alvin Kamara, and dj moore he ranks second in all-purpose yards among all these guys i love 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 the speed i just think he has this big playability and in that offense the sky is the limit yeah and i, I want to go buy him everywhere I, I think if sammy Watkins actually gets cut from Kansas City, he's going to get moved up this list, at least above this next guy we're going to talk about. I would put Nicole Hardman above him, even above maybe number six guy. But number seven, before I give anything away, Darius Slayton for the New York Giants. Woo. He, I feel like he's more your boy. Like We both really like him, but he seems to be like a guy that you really want on all of your teams. Now, he's a late-round pick this year. He is. He was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. We weren't expecting him to produce his first year. Um, Got him on waivers in yep, a lot of he was dynasty on leagues. Most waivers. Definitely wasn't taken in any redrafts or even thought about it. And he, you know, he produced even with Daniel Jones, his rookie season. So yeah. tell me why you like him. So Darius Slayton, he sort of, he definitely came out of the blue, but um, he's he's a good athlete. So when you're looking at him, he's fast. He's got a 4.39 uh, 40 yard dash. He's not like super, super strong, but he's explosive. He's got a great vertical. He's got a great broad jump. He's just got big hands. Like that's a solid guy. You want speed. You want explosivity. You want big hands to make contested catches. And I'm looking at Darius Slayton. He's been a guy who even with, um, you know, being drafted in the fifth round, he didn't have a ton of draft capital. He had a rookie quarterback and Eli Manning managed to 100-yard, two-touchdown games in 2019. As a rookie. Yeah, he disappeared a lot of games, too. He did. He was a, he's a, a boom 
a really big boom or bust kind of guy. Eight receiving touchdowns, though, in his rookie year tied for the most rookie touchdowns with A.J. Brown. Yeah, he had three games of two touchdowns. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Sustainable? No. Sustainable, no, but it just shows that he has the playability. So when I'm looking at Darius Slayton, he's definitely a guy that I'm more excited about in a best ball format because you don't want to rely on him on a consistent basis because, I mean, if you had him in your lineups when he boomed, great. But otherwise, he he really had a, a pretty low a, a low floor. Um, but the potential is there. He's got a, a young, budding offense. And we have to remember the fact that, like, we're looking at this offense as a, a unit that we never got to see complete. Like, they were either missing their star running back, their star tight end. I think that's Golden more of the Tate. issue for me, though, right now. It, now that I'm, like... Now that we're talking about this and we just talked about Mecole Hardman, I do want to put Mecole Hardman ahead of Darius. And that's just for me. You don't have to. But I think maybe the other issue is that Darius Slayton needed to be used, right? Like Shepard missed games and Tate was suspended. And I mean, Ingram missed like basically the whole season. It felt like Barkley missed games. Like what happens when Barkley's there, when Tate's there? Because Tate's signed through 2022 when Sterling Shepard's healthy. Uh, I don't even know if I brought up Ingram again yet, but when Ingram's playing, if he can ever play a full season, that's a lot of competition for targets for a fifth round guy. I'm worried he's like the Robert Foster of this year. I think if I had him in Dynasty, I am looking to see what I can get for him. Now, I I want a decent return. Would you take a second? Early second. Early second. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I would have to think about that. I would prefer to get a player. Just because Darius Slayton has shown us that he can be good when he needs to be used. But I think he has one of the most competition out of all of these guys for targets. Yeah. Everyone else, they have a pretty clear path to at least the wide receiver, too. I don't think Slayton has that unless he really, like, bomb, like, does great in the offseason and he proves that he should start. Like, he's not going to start over Golden Tate or Sterling Shepard, I wouldn't think, right? So he would have to just be in, you know, three wide receiver sets. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm moving Nicole Hartman up. You might, yeah, you might have convinced me in that. Especially if Sammy Watkins gets cut. There's no, there's might not no get way. Cut, yeah. But he would get traded. Well, I mean, he can get cut. They would save fourteen million dollars if they cut him. True. All right. Next up, this is a guy that I love. I'm just saying, no one. People might not want to trade for him. Like, who's paying him twenty one million dollars? If you trade for him, you got to keep that contract. Yeah. He right. might have to get cut, and then someone. And he's just got him. one year left on the deal. Yeah, it's not great. Interesting. All right, number six. It's our boy. It's our boy, Deontay Johnson. Oh. And when it comes to talent, I think both of us might put him a little bit higher. But like Slayton, he's going to have a lot of competition for targets. So he's also going to have a lot of growing pains. We just saw the Pittsburgh offense without Ben Roethlisberger, and it was not pretty. It was not, but Deontay still performed as a rookie, which is even more impressive that he didn't even have a quarterback. He literally didn't even have a quarterback. I'm not counting Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges as NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> they had college quarterbacks. They did. And yeah. they had one not even a good college quarterback. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I, I think we both love Deontay Johnson's talent. 
he put up eight games over 50 yards. And when you think a lot of the times the Steelers quarterback would throw for like 120 yards on a game, like that is super <laughs> impressive. And that's something most of these rookie wide receivers did not do whatsoever. Like they were much more, you know, they had higher ceilings, but they're much more bust than he was with, you know, eight games over 50 yards is very good. And there was 15 wide receivers of the 29 drafted that saw at least 30 targets this season. Out of those 15, Deontay was third in targets, first in receptions, sixth in yards, seventh in touchdowns, fifth in yards after catch per reception, and first in avoided tackles. And now he wasn't even just first in avoided tackles among his other rookies. That was actually first in the league. He had the most avoided tackles out of any wide receiver in the league. That's surprising. Yeah. Uh, and he was bottom four in drops. So Deontay Johnson, you know, he, had, he just had an all-around good year. He wasn't like oh my God, like amazing in any, you know, in any category. He wasn't, when you watched him, he just looked like a real solid wide receiver. And that's impressive to do in your rookie year. I think next year, if Ben comes back, he can be dominant. Yeah. But this is the bigger issue. And this is why we have him at six is that James Washington really stepped up his second year. So he's going to get time. I think Juju with Ben, like that connection is not going to just go away. Juju clearly needs Ben, I think, and Ben loves Juju, so maybe there won't be a ton of targets to go around. Well, and the the thought, I do think that he's, when I'm looking at, like, long-term prospects out of these guys on the list, Deontay Johnson's, like, he's up there. He's one of my top long-term prospects, but we're going to need to see how this whole offensive situation shakes out because, you know, he did he did great in his rookie season, but... I wouldn't call him super consistent, you know, like he did have plenty of games over 50 yards, um, you know, especially uh, for leagues that have punt return yards. He was, oh, well, yeah, he was starting to be, but he wasn't, he wasn't used as a punt returner initially. Mm-hmm. And then once Ryan Switzer went to the IR, um, we saw him do amazing things, like super exciting things. I just think he's a really dynamic player. And I think, when you do watch his college tape, he totally reminds you of AB. But his rookie season reminded me of that as well. He's smooth. He's his so that's a route great word. running is so smooth. His hands are smooth. He needs to stop fumbling. Yeah, that's for sure. But Every Steeler does. He had a much better rookie season than AB. Yeah, that's for sure. And he did not have Ben. Like I don't know how many more times I can say that, but I don't really think we can judge him at all off of this rookie season. Yet he still did great. Yeah, and not to mention, like, we, you know, obviously saw what Juju did as the, you know, quote-unquote wide receiver one, but, like, there was no true dominant receiving force in Pittsburgh this year. So, like, I, I just don't think we can even judge him based on the fact that, like, oh, well, Juju had all of the top coverage. Like, If there was no James Washington, I think I would move him up one or two, just one spot. But with James Washington there, he really did shine this year too. Like James yeah. Washington was very much boomer bust, but he, he made some big plays though. Like he made some plays. great catches. So that's why I think that's going to hurt Deontay just a little bit. But his talent is fantastic. And that's why we have him as our wide receiver six. All right, we're getting into the top five. Top five. Top five. This is where you can all get super angry at us for, you know, having (laughs) someone one spot lower than you would have had them. Just ridiculous. Trash. Probably is going to start right here where we're going to get the hate mail. Number five. 
Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, which I know is like number one on some people's lists. Well, Debo, Debo's been dynamic. He he's looked really great, especially in the second half of the season. Hard not to to be excited about him because he has had some some big plays this year, some big games. You know, <laughs> I know. I did. <laughs> I think the biggest issue is that we're just not big on Debo. No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Watching him play, yeah, he looks good. He looks good. I mean, he had three really really great games. Three games over a hundred yards. I mean, it was against, you know, two of those games were against Seattle, which is just weird. And then the other against Arizona. Not great secondaries. He put up some other decent games, but he completely disappeared in multiple games. Just counting at the top. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten games, counting this uh, latest playoff game, was under 50 yards. Yeah. Not great. And he had 10 drops this season. That's the most out of any rookie wide receiver. He needs to fix those up. It does not mean he, you know, is bad or anything, but he does need to start catching the ball. Only three touchdowns. That also worries me. You know, San Fran's just not a team that passes a lot once they get down to the red zone. Jimmy G. Huh. Those rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Since week 13, he's uh, seen at least one carry per game, um, had around 20, 33, 8, 28, 33 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns in that span. Yeah, that's not something I want to hold on to. No, but it's just, it's encouraging to see them utilize him in a a dynamic fashion. I think one of my biggest things is that he's on a team in San Fran that they're, I just, I don't see them ever changing their mindset where they want to be a run first team. They're a second in rushing attempts in the league and they're 29th in pass attempts. Jimmy G just he you know he's average, but he also just doesn't, doesn't throw that often. But yeah, he doesn't need to. With touchdowns per game played, he ranks 16th this year. Total yards per game, uh, 16th as well. So he's just like right there in the middle. They're just a team that wants to run the ball and not pass, and that that scares me with his touchdowns. That scares me with how many targets he's going to see. But he is fantastic. Like, he's super athletic. He also has, he was tied with Deontay Johnson for the most avoided tackles in the league, which is crazy that it was two rookies. It was Deontay and Debo. They're super athletic. He was third in yards after catch at 8.5. What is super weird, though, is that the top three in the league for yards after catch were Mikkel Hardman, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel, all rookies. Yards after catch per reception. Yes, yards after catch per reception. Yeah. That's but crazy. These young athletic men are just killing it on the field. Now, Emmanuel Sanders is an unrestricted free agent. I can't decide if that helps Debo or doesn't help Debo. You don't think that Sam Fran would make a, a move to resign him? No, I do. I do, for sure. But I'm saying if, you know, if someone wants to swoop in and pay Emmanuel Sanders more money, we have to remember when they traded for him, everyone was nervous that his Achilles wasn't going to hold up. Yeah. I mean, he he was showing his stuff in Denver and all, but there was some skepticism that that Achilles heel, he returned so fast. Well, we really haven't seen any wide receivers, especially at his age, come back from that injury at yeah. all, let so, alone so quickly. I, I think he'll get a decent-sized contract, and it just depends on... You know, if San Fran's willing to pay that or not. It won't be massive. I think it'll be affordable. So maybe he stays. But when, you know, when he joined, that's kind of when Debo started doing better, actually. Maybe because it got him more open or... Yeah, that's and just also what, just more time in the offensive system. Yeah. 
you're a rookie, takes you a little bit of time to adjust to the, I actually, the speed yeah. of the game. Do you think Sanders re-signing is better for Debo or worse? I, I mean, think it's better. Obviously, it's going to take targets away, but like maybe the quality of targets will be better if Sanders is there. I think Sanders definitely helps because I, I, I think you need veteran presence yeah. in that wide receiver court. They've just got a lot of... They've got a lot of young guys. They've got a lot of promise. They've got a lot of talent. But I, I, I'm always a believer that a veteran does help boost the floor of some of these young, young guys. And honestly, it just it doesn't hurt your development when you have somebody who's been doing it as long as Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, and Devo's in our top five because we truly do think he is talented. We think he's going to be a very good wide receiver in this league. I think the reason why we have him at five. All these top five guys right here that we're going to list can be the wide receiver one on their team and probably will be sooner rather than later. I just think he's probably in the worst situation out of them all when it comes to just what the team wants to do. San Fran wants to run the ball, and when they throw, they look to George Kittle. Like, George Kittle is the man. So, yeah, that's why Debo is at five. We're not trying to hurt your feelings if you're a Debo (laughs) fan. We truly think he's talented. We just like the guys ahead of him a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Hollywood Brown, Marquise. Marquise Brown? Marquise Brown, the man himself, Mr. First Round Wide Receiver with the Baltimore Ravens. I, like, I feel like after watching him play in, the, I know they went away with a loss, but watching him play in the divisional round was so exciting. He made some just monster plays and not even like, he was explosive for sure, but when I say monster plays, I don't mean like the explosive plays. I mean like the important plays. He came down with some big, big grabs, seven catches, 126 yards in his first ever postseason game. That's absolutely incredible. Um, he has the first round draft pedigree ranks eighth in fantasy points per route run, which is kind of crazy because you did see him have some... Uh, you know, struggles with his health. He did battle an ankle injury, kept him out a couple games. Uh, So when you look at fantasy points per route run, that actually gives you a little bit more of an idea, you know, when compared to other players taking into account his health. Yeah, and I just feel like even if he played, he wasn't truly healthy for the majority of the season. I mean, he was always on the injury report. You never knew if he was going to play or not. That Liz Frank injury does take a very long time to fully heal. He came back quick. Yeah, and then the ankle sprain in week five, it's not it's not ideal. So I think we need to let his body refresh in the offseason, see him fully healthy, and I do think he can be a Tyreek Hill type. I think his ceiling is out of this world. Yeah. I mean, he does, like, my biggest concern from him coming out of college was just, honestly, like, his, his size. That's um, the issue. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? You've got... Very large men coming at you full force. He is 5'9", 166 pounds. That's he's a, really tiny. He's a little guy. Yeah. and But the reason why we also love him is there's not really anyone else in the offense that's I, – I don't think they even draft a guy that could take his place. I think he's going to be the wide receiver one in that offense. And, yes, they're going to use Mark Andrews first. But Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson seem like they really have that connection. They've done a, a lot of massive plays. And the best part about Hollywood Brown is, yes, he's in this offense that doesn't, you know, they like to run it more than throw it, but you need like one or two big plays from Hollywood Brown to give you a good fantasy day. He can take yeah. any single target to the house. Yeah, he, and, he absolutely can. And 
you know, when you're looking at the fact that, I mean, this is, it's a very, it's a young offense. It's, you know, it got a lot of, a lot of talent, um, just literally on every position that you can think of, like maybe they didn't, uh, go to the Super Bowl this year, but I, I don't think a Super Bowl's too far out of their future. Yeah, it is. <laughs> They're never making it. But like you're tied to Lamar Jackson, I I think that's pretty much all you need to know. Yep. All right, number three. This is where we start to disagree for a second here. We cannot decide on our two or our three. So I have my two different than Kate does, and Kate has. Mm-hmm. So we can't decide on this two or three. We did decide on our one. It's our consensus one. So Don't do you want to give your argument why this player would be your number two instead of your number three? Okay, so I'm taking AJ Brown as my wide receiver too. Yes, and I'm taking I'm taking Terry McLaurin as my wide receiver too. So AJ Brown would be my three and Terry McLaurin would be your three. But we like I like Terry more than AJ, you like AJ more than Terry. Give your side why. I love both of these players first. Oh off. yeah, me too. Obviously uh, we're two and three. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hundred percent true. But good lord, AJ Brown, I mean, we've definitely seen um you know, maybe it's more of the the recency bias because we've seen him absolutely explode in the second half of the season. Um, you know, he hasn't done much in the postseason, but it, he hasn't really needed to because he made his mark, um, you know, very, very prolific mark in the last few games of the season. Um, you know, just explosive plays. As a rookie, ranked top five among those with 50 or more targets and yards per route run. That is incredible. Yards per route run is um, just, if you look back year by year, you can see how consistent of a metric this is when, um, you know, looking at the success of these wide receivers. The most recent rookies to have managed that feat to rank top five in yards per route run among 50 or more targets, Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham Jr. Those are the two most recent rookies to accomplish that feat. And A.J. Brown is in that company now. Come on. A.J. Brown, Odell Beckham, Tyreek Hill. This dude is an athletic freak. Like, all you can see is yards after the catch for days when you were watching A.J. Brown. It literally takes one catch, kind of like you said with Marquise Brown, one catch, he could take it to the house very easily. It, it doesn't really matter what what position you're in. Uh, he didn't do much in the passing game in these playoff runs so far, but uh, he did have, what, a 50-yard run? Like, just d- blown out. I know, like, I know yeah. it doesn't count, but in your eyes as, like, a receiving, because you can't count on those plays on a consistent basis, but... But is it that easy to, you know, guard him and get him out of the game? One reception for four yards against Gilmore? I know Gilmore is amazing, but... Four yards, and then Baltimore, I know, what's his name? Uh, Humphreys is great if that's who is on him, but one reception again for nine yards? You got to do more than that in the playoffs. They were, uh, Yes, Derrick Henry's a man, so they weren't throwing a lot, but you got to do more than that. He disappears a lot. He but just, I do think, you know, a lot of that um, is sort of dependent, too, on just the, the game script. You're running Derrick Henry ragged, like into the ground. Yeah. Well, in the game against the Saints just four weeks ago, they didn't have Derrick Henry. They were passing the ball. One reception for 34 yards. Mark yeah. Lattimore was on him. So 
can he beat this great talent at corners? Like you need, I get these corners are stopping everyone, but you got to get more than one reception in these games yeah. for me to feel great about you. Now he has shown complete dominance in games. Like if you're going to have five games over a hundred yards in your rookie year, that's amazing. Yeah. That really is amazing. He, his yards per reception is out of this world. That's probably not sustainable. There's just certain things about AJ Brown that scare me. And I think Terry McLaurin's a more of a solid player. That's going to be consistent. Can that's I just all. make the argument though? Like when we're looking over the last three weeks, Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 20 times, 15 times, 14 times. Yeah. You're looking at a very low passing volume, and I think it, again, just came from the fact that that was that was the game flow. But I'm not going to hold that against him. But, Michelle, like, we got to talk about these, these, you know, splits that you're holding against A.J. Brown, because that's mm-hmm. been your thing. Like, he just, he disappears, you know, against good coverage. But you know who else disappears against... Top passing defenses. Who? <laughs> Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Lies. No, it's not a lie. So um, when we're looking at A.J. Brown versus top 16 passing defenses, averaging 7.65 PPR points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, 0.12 receiving touchdowns, uh, 32.88 receiving yards. Terry McLaurin against top 16 passing defenses, 8.24 yeah, PPR so better, points per game. Better. It's a point better. Marginally better. It's a, it's nearly a point Marginally better. Marginally better. Mm-hmm. Marginally better. Uh, 0.14 receiving touchdowns per so game. So better. Marginally better. 41 receiving yards per game compared to 33 yards. Marginally better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, they're both way better against bottom 16 defenses, like probably most wide receivers that you're going to look up. Because, it, But it's a huge split for both A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. I mean, they were on pace against bottom 16 defenses to score 307 PPR points against top 16, 132. Well, Terry McLaurin was 307 yeah. PPR points. Uh, A.J. Brown was actually 312, mm-hmm. so better. Well, in the top 16, he was only projected for 122 points, and Terry McLaurin was 132 points, so better. No, they're, <laughs> they're both fantastic, but I'm going to give my side here for why I like Terry McLaurin. Uh, you know, he was stuck on a pretty bad offense, right? Like the Washington Redskins, uh, would you say, are the worst offense in the league? Probably, right? They scored the least amount of points in the league. 32 out of 32 teams uh, were the 32nd in passing yards and 22nd in rushing yards. But 32nd in passing yards. And Terry McLaurin still put up good numbers. He still had a very awesome rookie season. He also had three different quarterbacks this year. Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, yes, for only a game, and then Dwayne Haskins, none of whom you're pumped about throwing you the ball. Dwayne Haskins showed some promise towards the end of the year, but, like, I'm sorry. Ryan Tannehill, even for just half the season, more than half the season, is a million times better than having Case Keenum, Cole McCoy, McCoy, or Dwayne Haskins. Like, I think having Marcus Mariota is better than these guys. Or at least the same. You can't say he's any worse, right? Yeah. So I, I think we're comparing Terry McLaurin's rookie season to A.J. Brown's. And A.J. Brown was actually on a really 
good offense, especially after week seven when they put in Ryan Tannehill. Terry McLaurin was on the worst offense ever, and he produced exactly the same way. So Dwayne Haskins came in the last seven games of the season. Now, if you haven't been told a million and one times by now, Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin played together in college. What? What? But in those seven games that he played with Haskins, McLaurin was on a 16-game pace for 107 targets, 1,054 yards, receiving yards, and five touchdowns. Pretty decent for a rookie. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're comparing Terry and A.J. Brown, they are extremely similar. So Terry McLaurin missed two games this season. So we're going by per-game play basis. Terry was on average for 65.6 receiving yards a game. A.J. Brown, 65.7. Isn't that crazy? Only 0.1 points difference. Touchdowns per game, completely tied. 0.5, 0.5 for both Terry and AJ, what they average for touchdowns per game. Catch percentage, pretty close there. For Terry McLaurin, it was at 63.7. AJ Brown was a little bit lower at 61.9, but nothing to be concerned about. That's pretty close. And then this is where it gets a little bit different. Targets per game, Terry McLaurin was at 6.5. AJ Brown was much lower at 5.3. I say much lower, but... I think being 1.2 difference for targets per game is pretty big difference, right? Yeah. And then the biggest difference that helped A.J. Brown, at, Brown out is the yards per reception. So Terry McLaurin was at a very sustainable 15.8 yards per catch. A.J. Brown was all the way up at, to 20.2. So he didn't need as many targets because he was getting so many yards per reception. Now, I think this is the bigger issue, though. Is that is that high of yards per reception really sustainable for A.J. Brown? Like, I don't think so, right? Maybe. But before 2019, there were only three players in the last 15 years to average over 20 yards per reception with at least 80 targets. We're going to hope that A.J. Brown gets 80 targets next year, right? Like, if he yeah. doesn't, he's not going to be good. So there's only, again, three players in the last 15 year- yards the last 15 years to average over 20 yards per reception with at least 80 targets. That was Mike Wallace. He had a year of 21 yards per reception. That next year he went down to 16.6 and then just kept going down and down and down. He never got close to that 20 yards again. Deshaun Jackson did have two seasons above 20 yards per reception, but he also had multiple, multiple years in between the 14 to 18 yards. And I don't think A.J. Brown has a very similar playing style to Deshaun Jackson. Like, I don't really think you should compare no. those two. And then one other random guy, literally don't even know who he is, Bernard Barian. I guess he played for the Vikings. Uh, for some reason, I don't remember who he is. But he did have a season <laughs> that was good, uh, and he averaged 20 yards per reception this season. The very next season, he went down to 11.2, never even got close to it again. So I just don't think that's sustainable. I don't think that's something we can look at and say, yeah, like his targets are going to go up and he's going to average 20 yards per, per reception. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that went down a lot next year. So the 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 thing we have to remember, though, at, outside of the fact that, yes, A.J. Brown did have many yards per reception, when you're looking at average depth of target, A.J. Brown was actually targeted uh, less deep, if you will, than Terry McLaurin. Um, A.J. Brown, 13.2 yards per target. Terry McLaurin, 14 yards per target. Don't you think that's the, worse? The biggest difference is the fact that A.J. Brown was able to, like, grossly surpass Terry McLaurin when it comes to missed tackles and yards after the catch. Yes. Which isn't always a no. sustainable metric. I think that's actually worse. I think you just proved a greater fact for Terry McLaurin that A.J. Brown's yards per reception is not going to keep up because that's not where he's getting targeted. He just kept getting these insane plays with yards after catch. 
But when it comes to just a strong, it's not a stable metric by any means. No. Yards after the catch, it's, it, it can be random, right? Like, but when you're looking at AJ Brown, he is strong. He, um, seven or sorry, 16 avoided tackles to McLaurin seven this year. Like he's forcing missed tackles. He is, uh, strong. He is fast. He's definitely a bigger, stronger guy than McLaurin. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like, that's that's just... He's definitely got a, a tougher playing style, I think. But I, I don't think that all of it is just like these... You know, it's it's not like hoops and tricks. It's just A.J. Brown being a badass. A.J. Brown's great. I just... I, the yards per reception is not going to keep up. Those yards after catch, not going to keep up. I think that was one of our biggest things about George Kittle. Like, yes, he can still be great, but those yards per reception... He was still Yards after catch year. per reception, still great, but it did go down, and he did have less yards. He missed a couple of games, but he was not going to get close to his 2018 yards. And it's because he didn't have an insane, insane, insane amount of yards after catch like he did in 2018. I, I think that's what we're looking at right here with A.J. Brown. So his targets are going to have to go way, way, way up for him to hit that same mark, I think, this year that he did. And, you know, his offense is staying the same, which is a good thing for A.J. Brown. You know, you would think they're going to keep Ryan Tannehill because he's been fantastic. Derrick Henry hopefully gets re-signed. I think if he doesn't get re-signed, that's a massive hit to that entire offense, including A.J. Brown. But You gotta re-sign him. You gotta him. re-sign him. He's your offense. Now, Terry McLaurin is actually going into an offense that hopefully will be improving this year. You can't go down. What, what are they going to be, the 33rd worst <laughs> offense in the league? Like, you can't go down. You have an extra year with Dwayne Haskins. Hopefully, you know, they have a healthy Geis. I, I think their offense can only get better, and he already has shown us greatness in this terrible offense. That's why I just like Terry McLaurin's ceiling a little bit higher. A.J. Brown will be great, but I see Terry McLaurin as this consistent type of player that can, you know, win you weeks. Who would you prefer in a best ball situation? AJ Brown, probably. Okay. I just, AJ Brown's going to be a lot more boomer bust for me. And I don't know if I necessarily want to rely on that in a normal year long league. Okay. Uh, should we get into our number one? Number one, Daddy! Daddy Metcalf. Daddy Metcalf. DK. <laughs> Holy Moses. Mr. Uh, Mr. Three Cone himself. Wow. Like, congrats, DK Metcalf. You are. Your abs have taken over the <laughs> He's a man. rookie class. He is a Amongst man's boys man. Yeah, in the NFL. Good Lord. He has had 10 games in the regular season, over 50 receiving yards. And that is, that is like his first season. Guess who also had 10 games in the regular season, over 50 receiving yeah, yards? Like, yeah, and he missed two games. So he only had four games, not over 50 yards. Then why isn't he your number one? No, DK's my number one because his – I think DK Metcalf ceiling, I tweeted this out today, I think he can be a top three wide receiver in Whoa. this league. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year, but I think he has the makings of it. He's massive. He's on an offense with Russell Wilson who loves to just throw up that ball, let him fight for it. And, and he, he trusts him. He wins. He's so good. He's so good. You've seen him being targeted a lot more lately. And uh, especially once Josh Gordon was suspended in the two out of three games that they've had um, in the regular season. And, and I believe this first playoff game last week. 
he had 12 targets for 81 yards and one touchdown, nine targets for 160 yards and one touchdown. So I think Josh Gordon leaving helped him out there. It took him some time, you know, to start to get a huge role in that offense, like every rookie does. But then once he started going, that's when they signed Josh Gordon, kind of hurt him just a little bit. And now that Josh Gordon's gone, you know, he's right back up to those massive targets share. So, But definitely the, the fact that he is this big, bodied wide receiver you can almost play him like a tight end in the end zone um get him end zone targets he led all wide receivers in end zone targets in his rookie season he had 18 end zone targets next up you have mike evans and kenny galladay with 14 that's crazy that's absolutely incredible um he had six end zone touchdowns so he scored on six of those targets um, and that's actually tied for the lead in the NFL. It, he is absolutely just balled out. He's so athletic, which, you know, it, that was obviously sort of the concern. Uh, when we looked at the combine, it was like it was too good to be true, and then you see these change of direction drills, and people panicked. They, You know, it, limited route tree, limited route tree, limited route tree. Well, he's shown lots of ability this year to be able to create separation, he looks like a baller. His player profiler is comparing him, uh, like his workout metrics to Andre Johnson, who was a beast in this league. And he can also be a beast in this league. No man that big should be able to run a four, three, three. Like that's just not allowed. And his cut radius is amazing. Russell Wilson. Do I have to say anything else? Like he has Russell Wilson. Also Tyler Lockett is signed through 2021. And I actually like that for him. They're very different players. Oh yeah. And I think Tyler Lockett being there helps him get open more. Like, eyes are on Tyler Lockett. And now eyes are going to shift to DK, but you can't just let Tyler Lockett roam free. He's a great wide receiver as well. But I love how different they are. And Tyler Lockett's not really a guy that needs 150 targets. Like, he's just not that guy. Give him around 100, get DK to like a 130, and he's going to do some great things in this league. Yeah, I love it. DK, I feel like you don't even need to say that much because – He's just sort of got this perfect mix of athleticism, offense, just talent. I, yeah. I like he's a good wide receiver and he's strong and this dude is going to ball in this league. And I want DK Metcalf and everything, but unfortunately, we can't buy him anymore. Yeah, you probably can't buy him anymore. <laughs> he's just he's been balling out. Uh he and to like even get deeper into his stats, he led all rookie wide receivers and targets with 97. He was third in yards. I love to see the targets share. That early on. Yeah. He only had 11 less targets than Tyler Lockett. Wow. Russell Wilson trusted him early. hundred. He only had 157 less yards than Tyler Lockett and one less touchdown. So I think there's a really good sign for his future. I think both can be very successful in this offense. This is not to say Tyler Lockett's going to go away. But they can both succeed, and I could just picture, you know, DK Metcalf getting a little bit better and a little bit better and just being the dominant force in the offense while Tyler Lockett's just a really great wide receiver too. So if you are the DK Metcalf owner, are you entertaining trade offers for him at this point? Well, you I always like have to entertain You them. always have to entertain them, but it's going to take a lot. I'm thinking of him as top three potential, so I'm not selling him for – like, I, I probably wouldn't be the best trade partner to try to go get him because I'm so high on him. His ceiling is so high. He can fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. I'm probably can. way too high on him. 
No, no, do not. No, no. no. Remember our trade? Right there. Remember our trade? Nope. You you don't want to talk about it real no, quick? No, I don't want to talk Remember, about it. Remember, like at the end of the season, to make your playoff run, you uh, traded me DK Metcalf and Devin Singletary just for Josh Jacobs? Who, it, it was not announced that he had a broken it was di- it's dynasty. I it's don't forever. Care. You I, gave me DK Metcalf. You gave me a top three wide receiver in this league. Leave me alone. <laughs> and Devin Singletary, who's already better than Josh Jacobs anyways. Leave me alone. Again, go uh, listen to our running back rankings. It was on the Patreon. You, you need to go over to patreon.com slash ballblast to listen to our rankings. Probably have Devin Singletary too high, but you all know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a, a closer outer... Closer out. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like very it. Very smooth transition. Um, I was researching all of these wide receivers. I found that among wide receivers with 50 or more targets in 2019, four rookies ranked top 10 in passer rating while targeted. The last time that happened, I couldn't find it. That's crazy. That, like, I, so I can find uh, pro football focus data back to 2006 for this metric. No other wide receiving class, wide receiving class, wide receiver class has managed this. Like, these guys are ballers. I'm so excited for these 2019 prospects because I I really do think that this is a special class. And not one that, like, people were super high on. I I just think there's a lot of potential there moving forward. No, I I feel like going into this year, we were all kind of down on this group. We were We're waiting "Mm, for 2020. Yeah, everyone was waiting for 2020. Uh, I went and s- Terry McLaurin was falling to the third round of rookie drafts. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I grabbed I him. I, gra- okay. I got him in the fourth in one of my leagues. But I know. It's also the same league I got Darius Slayton off waivers. So I know I could have had 100 tries in picks 101 to 105, and there was a 0% chance Nikhil Harry was ever getting taken by me. And now I'm not trying to take a victory lap yet because he could still succeed. But. I will be taking that victory lap if he still sucks this year. When I say I got Darius Slate enough waivers, I mean in like week three, week four, and I was like, oh, this guy's still out here. He lasted a pretty long time in some of them. Some of them he was take, you know, picked up in the offseason by people who are Dynasty Price told us to pick him up. He was yeah, like on it. Garrett. Shout out to Garrett Price. He was all on that Darius Slate in love. Yeah. And I was like, mm, okay, okay, okay. Everybody check out the Dynasty Nerds because they've got some really, really great content. They've got, um, you know, a, a room full of rookie info for your yeah. 2020 class. If you need rookie info, they're really the ones to go to over us. We'll start doing our, you know, our film grinding and watching them. But we're, we're very open and we say we don't watch college football. Now, lately we have been watching the bowl games and it's fun to watch these guys that we've been seeing, you know, talked about on Twitter. Hopefully maybe next year we can watch some more games. But we we just watch the film afterwards. We'll, we'll watch games, we'll watch film and just try to get to know these prospects. And it's been working out for us just fine. I really think so, but there's definitely people out there who can give you a, a better, uh, you know, idea of who they think will bust, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and Dynasty Nerds are one of them. So go go listen to their podcasts, view their content, they're other, good peeps. Other people, Angelo underscore FF, is that, I think that's his username, Angelo, holy moly. Um, He's fantastic. This, uh, sorry, Angelo underscore fantasy. He's absolutely fantastic. So he is like peak film grinder. But better than that is when you 
scroll through his threads, he posts a lot of tape, explains what he's looking at and why. Um, super helpful for anybody that's, um, you know, maybe not as into the tape and more into the analytics. It's it's a super, super helpful intro, and he, he explains everything. And then also, also, big shout out to Ray G, who's just killing it with DLF, got all these promotions this week, uh, <laughs> at Ray G Q U E, always, always, always posting Debbie and Dynasty rookie content, college prospects. Dude does it all, um, and these are the guys that we're counting on. Uh, to tip their hats. Is this the nicest we're going to be all year long? Look at us. We're so nice. Yeah. People think we're so mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's let's log off. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week. We're down to one episode a week until we get to, you know, the summertime when we get head. Ramping up. Yeah, when we ramp it up for draft season again. But we'll be doing one episode a week. Uh, probably dropping on Tuesday, you know, maybe sometimes Monday when we feel like recording, but it'll be early on in the week. And what's next week? We Um, don't know yet. We'll figure it out. It'll be a surprise. All right. (laughs) Bye y'all. Bye.
Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. 